HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. Learn about the Fair Kitchens code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring food for the eyes, how the art and culinary worlds collide. It's incredibly elaborate. It's a feast for the eyes, a banquet dinner with garnished ham, turkey, and an array of accompaniments. We shot uh, baguettes with like paint dripping off of them with the blue, white, and red from the French flag. Oh, what did the student tell me? They said, the camera eats first. And it's so true. It's so true. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. This is the 240th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a mom, baker, and entrepreneur, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to downsize. Think about what you need to live happily and function wisely, and then eliminate the rest. Yes, think Maria Kondo. And if it brings you joy, then keep it. Otherwise, let it go. We all tend to have and hold on to extra stuff. You know, things that we think we may find useful at some point in our life, but really, they're just taking up space. So let's tidy up and think minimal in order to maximize. As they say, the best things come in small packages. So that's my tip today. Now, I'm really excited to have my guest calling in. It is Melissa Ben Ishai. She is the founder of Baked by Melissa, the New York City-based brand famous for its handmade bite-sized cupcakes and treats. 
passionate about baking since childhood and with the idea that people should be able to taste more flavors without without post-dessert guilt, Melissa decided to do what she loved and launch Bake by Melissa in 2008 after being fired from her job in advertising. Today, her company operates 14 stores and ships nationwide. She currently serves as the company's president and chief product officer. And in in October 2017, she released her first cookbook, Cakes by Melissa. So hello, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I'm really, I'm really excited to talk with you. And, and I, you know, I, I have my own lots of memories of, of Baked my, by Melissa. And um, it's really, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about your background and how it all began and how you've grown the company. Um, because it's, it's pretty, I think it's pretty amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I always like to start out and, and find out about my guest's background and, and how they got into their careers. Um, so I know you, you initially weren't, you, you weren't on this path of, of baking. And uh, so how did, how did your career begin? Sure. So I went to Syracuse University. At the time, I was not sure what I wanted to do after graduation, but I'm very personable. And I figured I'd just go out and get as many interviews as I could use that to see what the corporate culture of different businesses were like and, and get a job. And so I did that. And my second job out of college was at Deutsch Advertising as an assistant media planner. Um, I always loved to bake, though. To me, baking is like arts and crafts and you could eat your projects. I was that friend who always created gifts, whether it was scrapbooks or cupcakes or layer cakes if somebody was sick. It just makes me happy to create things for people and then give them. Um, and so while I was working at Deutsch as an assistant media planner, I was still also baking for my friends. I was baking my tie-dye cupcakes more specifically because I love the Grateful Dead and the carefree culture of the 60s and 70s. So over this two-year period of time after college, baking my tie-dye cupcakes, they really evolved into this beautiful and delicious product. And then I was fired from my job in 2008, uh, in June. And so I went home and I baked my cupcakes and um, wound up sending them into work with my best friend's little sister, who was interning at a PR agency. The owner of the PR agency tasted the cupcakes and loved them and put me in touch with her caterer. And then two weeks after being fired from my job in advertising, I was literally standing behind my bite-sized cupcakes at this PR like editor event in Soho as Melissa of Baked by Melissa. Wow. Amazing. It's so, it was so, it's so interesting to me or that you have in your bio that you include the part that you got fired from your job, but it led you to the next step. Um, very honest and very real, you know, of, of how you began. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, especially today, we need more honesty and, and realness. With social media, you know, people only really share the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is my true belief that you have to fail and make mistakes in order to get to the great. You can only learn from making mistakes. Otherwise, how do you know not to do things? Or how do you know to be better? That is the culture and attitude that built Baked by Melissa. And that is the culture and attitude that continues to grow our company today. Yeah, no, that's fabulous, and it's a great tip, for sure. So how did you go about finding your first location? If, if 
I, I, if I'm correct, it was the little uh, storefront or window you had down in Soho. Yes. So it was the story of Baked by Melissa is uh, is a magical one, and it was really just one thing led to another. So I was doing events with Allison Broad's caterer and cold calling people, going on tastings, just getting our best in class product in as many hands as they possibly could. Tastemakers, obviously, like if you will. And so one day I went on a tasting to Cafe Barry, which was a cafe on the corner of Broadway and Spring Street. I met the owner of the cafe. He tasted the cupcakes. He loved them. And I left. And he said he was storing me in his phone as cupcake and he'd be in touch. About, like, I don't know, three weeks later, I got a call from him. He said, hey, cupcake, I have an idea. Let me know what you think. Um, every holiday market, every holiday season, I get a booth at the holiday market in Union Square. What if you moved into my extra space here in my kitchen at Cafe Barry, did all of your baking here, sold me your product at cost, and I would then go ahead and, and sell it out of the Union Square market branded baked by Melissa. And so I went, I checked out the kitchen. It was crazy. I was used to baking out of my you know, Murray Hill apartment kitchen. I could literally touch both walls with my two hands at the same time. Um, but we decided to go for it. I moved into the his basement kitchen of Cafe Barry in November 2008, about seven months after I started baking out of my apartment. I started selling, I started baking, and he would take the cupcakes to the holiday market. We opened our first booth. Um and I did that for six weeks at the holiday market. We That's how we learned we had this incredible product. We sold out every day. We wound up in that short period of time opening in the Bryant Park holiday market and Columbus Circle holiday market as well. And then January 1st, when the holiday markets end, um, you know, we knew we had an incredible opportunity. So that's when we decided to open our very first retail location, a bite-sized, if you will, pickup window that was attached to Cafe Barry. Um, oh, Okay. And that was March 5th, 2009, that we opened that first store. Wow, amazing. No, I, I mean, I remember, I remember walking by. I remember stopping there. I remember trying your cupcakes way long back then and being like, this is, this is awesome. Um, what, for people Thanks. who aren't familiar, I mean, most people probably are, but the idea that they're, I mean, they're tiny. They're little bite-sized cupcakes. Like, how did that come about that you wanted to do that size of a cupcake and and create the brand around around this to this day i cannot look at a dessert menu or display case in a bakery without ordering one of everything um, <laughs> at, the, at the time i was actually stopping at the clover deli on 34th and 2nd on my way home from my advertising job and buying two cupcakes Every night, literally, a chocolate-based flavor and a vanilla-based flavor because I can never decide. And I wind up eating both. And so the bite-sized nature of our product allows you to try each flavor without feeling, you know, guilty about it after the fact. Everything is under 50 calories, and we don't compromise on flavor or ingredients. We use only the most delicious ingredients like Hershey's fudge, Skippy peanut butter, you know, the things I grew up on and mm -hmm. loved. Um, and... We also consider our product the best gift. So if you go to bakedbymelissa.com, you can order any amount of cupcakes. We have flavors that are always changing and beautiful gift boxes. Right now we're focused on Valentine's Day, and our products make 
the best gifts. I've created six limited edition Valentine's Day flavors that come in a beautiful gift box that you could ship all over the country or deliver locally in Manhattan to the people you love. Um, I think we have a very versatile product where it's the best dessert. It's a little treat and it's the perfect gift. Yeah, well, it made it, well. You're while you're talking. It made me think. Even when I when I dine out, I do a lot of solo dining, and a lot of times I skip dessert because it's like I don't know. I don't really need a whole dessert, but I want something sweet at the end. And I love when restaurants have. There's. I was recently at uh, Portali, and they had one scoop of ice cream that you could get versus a whole sundae and things like that. So the idea of of getting a sweet. Like getting the sweet flavor and and satisfaction, but not necessarily having to indulge in like a massive dessert is is appealing, and I think it's it's nice to have that option. And you can eat also you can eat as many of your bite sized cupcakes as you want. <laughs> yes, and as a mother, I I can't imagine giving my child a giant cupcake. You know, right? Like if. Like, I keep them in my freezer. If she does something great or if she wants a cupcake, she can have one because they're just a bite. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Okay, on that note, let's take a little break, and we will come back and talk more with Melissa. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. The food service industry faces a challenge. More people are eating out, yet restaurants are losing talent. Why is this? Research by Fair Kitchens reveals a serious well-being issue within professional kitchens. 74% of chefs are sleep deprived to the point of exhaustion. 63% of chefs feel depressed. And more than half feel pushed to the breaking point. This can't be ignored. Fair Kitchens is a movement based on the belief that a positive kitchen culture makes for a healthier business. By taking the pledge to be a Fair Kitchen, they'll provide you with free information, tools, and resources to help you take action towards making your restaurant more stable, productive, and happy, which positively affects the guest experience. It's time to act now. Learn about the Fair Kitchens code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Melissa Ben-Ishai. She is the founder of Baked by Melissa, the New York City-based brand famous for its signature bite-sized cupcakes and treats. So, Melissa, what? how did you go about expansion? And, and I mean, and how fast did it, did it all happen? It seemed, I mean, well, you've now, it's been 11 years of you having storefront. So, um how did that go for you? Sure. So we actually had e-commerce before we had retail. Okay. For that first event I did in Soho in the summer of 2008, you could go to com where you would see a beautiful rotating slideshow of jewel-worthy photography of our cupcakes that we photographed on my Ikea coffee table in my Murray Hill apartment. Um, but you could also order 100 cupcakes or more to be baked by me out of my apartment and delivered using the subway. 
Um, and then we opened our first store, like I said, in March 2009. After that, we did continue to open retail locations. We opened our second store almost a year later in January of 2010. That's in Union Square on 14th Street, just west of the park. Uh, then we opened our 42nd Street location between Park and Lex. Then a little over a year later, we opened in the Fashion District on 7th Avenue between 38th and 39th. Then we opened on the Upper West Side and Columbus Circle. And our goal was really to be like your neighborhood bakery. You know, we have all of these bite-sized treats, mostly cupcakes. But really, I use I see the cupcake as my vessel for flavor. And we have a cinnamon bun flavor that's like eating a cinnamon bun or cookie dough or peanut butter and jelly, triple chocolate fudge. I mean, you name it. Um, and then we've also put a large focus on our e-com. So if you go to bakedbymelissa.com today, you can place an order to be shipped all over the country. We have gifts for birthdays, thank yous, Valentine's Day, Christmas, every single holiday. We have a very specific curated assortment of flavors that I've created. We have bite-sized treats that are always changing based on the season and month. And we're just looking to give you the perfect dessert assortment for the people that you love and want to make happy. Um, 2019 was the first year that our e-commerce revenue outperformed retail and both are up year over year. And so we're really just focused on getting everyone to try our products because it's best in class and sells itself. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you, um, what about your event catering part of your business is that how big of a part is uh, is that and um the mosaics that you do um when did you come up with that idea we actually started doing mosaics very early on i think it was july 2009 so really after only being in business for a year um it's a great opportunity to do these like big wow factor installments if you will Today, we have an entire team in our office, our B2B team. They're focused on corporate events and gifting. So, for example, we do a ton of business with companies that want to send their clients or just like holiday gifting out to hundreds or even thousands of recipients. We do weddings. We work with the top event planners in Manhattan and all over the country to do party favors and mosaics and dessert tables for special events. Yeah, um, we're really yeah we're really just looking to be a part of everyone's celebrations, and we have a different way to do so for all different types of stuff. Yeah, well, last Monday I hosted my first hospitality conference called Host Hospitality Operations Services and Technology. It was a Host Summit Plus Social, and we did it at the William Vale. And in the planning, the our logo is is big letters H O S T and I just said baked by Melissa like we like this is calling for a mosaic so we had one of your amazing mosaics at our event spelling out the letters and it was such a hit and delicious Aww. and um yeah it it really worked out so nicely and I was I was so um, thrilled to be able to to have I guess have an excuse to make a mosaic. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I'm happy you loved it too. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was real it was great. It was perfect. Um it it just um it 
it was uh, we had it, you know, and and the feedback has was great from from just the presentation of it to uh, the the flavors, the chocolate, and you know the uh, just people enjoyed it. So thank you. I love that. <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, what would you say as as an, an entrepreneur or someone who's I mean you're you know, everything you're doing, you're making, like, you're making it sound really easy. You just grow your business, you get locations. But what would you say are the biggest challenges or advice you'd give to someone who, who wanted to do something similar or something as, you know, in the, in the baking space? Well, I, I, I have to say it is the most challenging thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I have also had two babies and I'm also raising a family. Uh, But, and you're right, like, part of the it's hard I tell the story and I make it sound like it was this overnight success and and listen we've been in business for 11 years which is incredible and I couldn't I could not be more proud I have grown tremendously with this company I have endured some of the greatest challenges both personally and professionally and um I think you have to be willing to, I think resiliency is the single most important attribute to success, in my opinion. Um, I, I, there have been points that uh, I felt literally like a punching bag. Remember those blow-up punching bags that had, like, sand in the bottom? You'd, like, knock it down or it would bounce back up? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I am that punching bag. And... I don't mean it in a, in a negative way. Like I love to be challenged and go outside of my comfort zone, but there is shit. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but there are you things are. that happen every day that, you know, make you feel like, Oh man, I don't know. But like learning to embrace those challenges, whether it's personal, like with team or real business challenges, they're all, they're, they're real. Um, and I think anyone in business would tell you that um, it's not easy uh, surrounding yourself with people who have skills that you don't. Hiring people who have a certain mindset and attitude and work ethic is the single most important thing because you can teach that. You can teach skills to anyone, but you can't teach a certain mindset and work ethic. Yeah, no, that's I, I hear you. <laughs> so. Let me ask you, I have a couple questions for you from my past episodes. Um, I have two questions because we had a little rescheduling, um, but I asked my, my guests to ask you a question, so I'd love to, to um, have you answer them. So the first one is from my guest on episode 237, Russell Jackson. He's the chef and owner of Subculture Dining and Reverence in Harlem, New York City. And his question is, how do you feel about bacon in a macaroon? <laughs> Big by Melissa is kosher certified. We're certified <laughs> by OK Kosher. So I feel like it, you know, like I never say no to anything. I love to try everything. But in the case of Baked by Melissa, um, being kosher certified, we just won't do it. I hear you. He he commented about how he likes bacon and cupcakes, but it was it was he couldn't see it in in the macaroon. But um, that's good to know. <laughs> I like to try everything once. 
you know? I would definitely yeah. try it. I actually have done, like, a bacon-inspired cupcake flavor, but I used um, a more of a smoked flavor component, and it, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, okay, good to know. Next question is from my guest on episode 239. I had on Lori Balter. She's the CEO of Balter Sales Company, importers and distributors of glassware, silverware, and dinnerware since 1935. She would like to know, how do you see the market moving forward? And do you plan on staying focused on your current format? And how important do you think the movement of gluten-free and plant-based products will influence your business? I think it's important to have cupcakes for everyone. It's one of my personal goals as the person who oversees our product development. Um, I I know firsthand that when we're when somebody's ordering cupcakes for a big party, like they'll include at least a six pack of gluten free and or vegan just to make sure to have cupcakes for everyone. And I think that's super cool. I hear my customers; they really drive our vision for the company, and and it is important to them to have those options. And I think along with that is this desire for, you know, my own desire and our a desire from our customers to continue to hear new things from us, whether it's stories or behind the scenes or what we're doing next to make them happy, what our social mission is, um, how we're saving the world one, one bite-sized cupcake at a time. Um, continuing to do good things and make people happy is something that I'm dedicated to. Wonderful. She also said that she walks by your store on her way to work. She's on the Bowery, and she always um, picks up cupcakes when she from from you when she has occasions. So, oh, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, she said that it was it was sweet, and I love how everything ties together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna take another break, and we will come back, and we'll play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Melissa Ben-Ishai. She is the founder of Baked by Melissa, and we are going to play my speed round. So, Melissa, what this is, is I'm going to name a couple things, and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Great. So, are you ready? Chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate. Good to know. Okay. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Vodka soda. Ooh, very specific. (laughs) How 
How about tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Small. I guess you had to do that, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like, I like to try everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, yeah. I, small or large, I'm ordering right. more than we should be right, eating. Right, right. So. How about communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cookie dough or tie-dye? Cookie dough. Ooh. Interesting. I was, I, I mean, you have so many amazing flavors. Um, but those were, those were two of your originals, right? Correct. Okay. So tie-dye is still our number one seller, but I personally love the yellow cake, chocolate icing, gooey cookie dough combination. I actually think it's my favorite flavor right now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, how about salted caramel or snickerdoodle? Salted caramel. Those are those are with your macaroons, right? Um, uh, yes, those are two of our macaron flavors. We also have a dolce de leche flavor in our Valentine's Day assortment, which is freaking phenomenal. All right. Got to get it. Time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, um, guys, get your Valentine's Day <laughs> gifts while you still can. BakedByMelissa.com. You can get them delivered on Valentine's Day all over the country. Great. Okay, two more. Uh, cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Great. That's the game. <laughs> I fun. love those games. That was fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, um, industry news. I picked out an article that was. It was from Eater New York from a couple weeks ago. They had this whole power issue, and all the articles I think it, in it are are worth talking about. So I picked up out another one. It's on NYC's established power players on what's next in New York City dining, and. Um, it it has quotes or interviews from chefs and restaurant chefs and restaurateurs, including David Chang, Stephen Starr, Keith McNally, Andrew Tarlow, and they discuss their legacy, the future of dining, and advice for younger operators. Uh, Melissa, did you get a chance to to see this piece? No, I didn't. Um, yeah, it was just it was interesting because it was it, it's a good read. It's just talking about what they think their legacy is, or if a lot of them commented, like, I don't know what that, you know, that really means if I can define what I want my legacy to be. Um, but they also gave some, some advice on when the questions was, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a New York City restaurateur who's less established than you? Um, so David Chang was like, don't do it like everyone else. Don't be, don't be, don't become static. Oh, Statistic. Don't become a statistic is what he said. Um, I don't know if you have any take on that, like what you did advice you'd give to someone less established than you. Yeah, I would say always be learning, always be striving to be better and doing new things. And I think that will drive the evolution of your brand and product. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, it's a it's a good read. I was I was gonna pull a couple more. I what um, Stephen Starr from Star Restaurant Group said: uh, Don't assume your idea is great because you really believe in it. Take the idea, write down all the reasons why it won't work, and then list all the reasons why it will, 
and the list with the longest reasons is the one you should listen to. Um, so, hmm. I think test it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if people want to check out this piece, it's um, it's on Eater, and as I said, it's part of their power issue, and and also in it, Gabriel Stoneman is one of the the uh, people interviewed, and he's going to be on my on my show next week, and actually kind of maybe mix things up a little bit since we're doing this as a call-in. We could do the final question now and then I'll come back and do my solo dining experience. Uh, So uh, how's that sound, Melissa? Just dive into that for you. (laughs) Great. So um, for the final question, I would like you to ask a question for Gabriel Stolman. He's the founder and CEO of Happy Cooking Hospitality, which he founded in 2009 and includes restaurants Joseph Leonard, Jeffrey's Grocery, Fedora, Fairfax, Bar Sardine, Simon and the Whale at the Freehand, and the Jones. So, Melissa, um, please ask a question for Gabriel. What's your vision for each one of those restaurants, and how do you decide on a unique menu to set each one apart? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's a handful of a question and I'm that will I will find out it will be interesting to um hear what he's his vision is for each one he's really <sighs> no because he's really built all these neighborhood restaurants um yeah I would imagine each one is different but like also has a similar vibe to make it feel part of the brand yeah no I would I would agree with that I mean I I don't uh, we'll see. I think your your places, your storefronts, um, you're probably neighbors to him in some places. I don't know. He's he's mostly downtown. Well, you know, he's West Village and now a bit over in uh, Gramercy area. Yeah, we have a Gramercy location on 23rd just off of Park Avenue. There you go. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my solo dining experience, but... Uh, since uh, that's a, my solo thing, we could we could say goodbye, and I could just thank you so much for for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I love what you're doing, and I can't wait to see what's next. I'm sure there's more <laughs> more deliciousness thank coming. You. Oh my gosh, there's always more. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was wonderful talking to you today. Great. Well, thank you so much. I'll give everyone your. Your, your website again and details at the end of the show so um, they cool. can find you and get their cupcakes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Catch Steak. Here's the rundown. The location, 
88 9th Avenue at 17th Street in the Meatpacking District, New York City. The concept, combining the authority of a classic steakhouse with the lighter, brighter style and energetic vibe of a catch hospitality group property. The owners, Mark Birnbaum, Eugene Rem, and Tillman Fertitta. The chef, Michael Vignola. Why did I go? Because it's not only a new hot restaurant in New York City, but we were having our speaker's welcome dinner for host Summit Plus Social there, and I was excited to get a preview. So my experience. I made a reservation for one for dinner. It was back in early January, and I opted to, to seat in the dining room. I could have could have gone to the bar area, but I figured I'd get the whole full experience. So sat in the dining room, and I had a nice cozy seat on the banquette. It's a very impressive grand dining room and I had the loveliest service. They made me feel so welcome. They gave me a tour of the red room space which we were going to be using for our event once I told them I was I was I was working on that and um, at the end I got a surprise. And I also got a hug. I don't this doesn't happen that often that I go to a restaurant and I bond so well with my server that I get a hug at the end, but I got a hug. Okay, so what did I get? I had the king salmon rice cake with truffle, miso, and avocado. I had the spicy jiggly pasta with Calabrian chili cream and aged pecorino. And so sharing with you, you don't have to get steak at a steakhouse. There's other options. And my lovely server, Kelsey, also sent out three mini ice cream cones, gelato and sorbet flavors for me to try. It was uh, peanut butter and jelly, coconut and fudge brownie. They were all delicious. And so my take, ice cream, gelato sorbet, obviously delicious. Uh, the, the rice salmon cakes were a nice light start, fresh salmon, crispy rice, and the pasta was absolutely delicious. I really could have licked the bowl. The ambiance. So it's a vast, vibrant, energetic space. It's designed by the Rockwell Group. It has two stories, 15,000 square feet, includes five private dining rooms, and as I said, ours was in the red room, which had a nice fireplace. It was really, really a sweet space. I'd say it's perfect for a fun night out with friends or a date. Interesting tidbit, Catch Hospitality Group took its globally influenced seafood restaurant, Catch, which opened in 2011, from a standalone New York City flagship to an international phenomenon with successful locations in L.A., Playa del Carmen, and Las Vegas. And this is their new sister concept, Catch Steak which is also in Vegas. Personal fun fact, Chef Michael Vignola and I have worked together. Um, when he was the chef at Gravy, I did his PR, and he's a great chef and great guy. I would like to give a shout-out to Tabitha Kolobaradko from my team and Melissa Granite at Catch, Anna Krakowski and Michael Toscana of Woodford Reserve and Open Tables, Mark Carnell, Angela Serretta, and Katie Plack for making our evening that we had uh, the night before host so special. It was really great to, to do our event there, and I highly recommend it to anyone. The cost was $40 for my solo dinner, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I would, and their website is catchrestaurants.com. So that is the show. 
Thanks to my guest today, Melissa Ben-Ishai, the founder of Baked by Melissa, the New York City-based brand famous for its handmade bite-sized cupcakes and treats. Their website is bakedbymelissa.com, and you can follow on social at Baked by Melissa. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook Facebook page is All in the Industry. Websites, BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. And just a note, we did have host Summit Plus Social last Monday, and it was fabulous. It was we had a great turnout. It was it was it was wonderful. I'm I'm happy to have done my first conference, and we're going to be airing back uh, all of our panels here on Heritage Radio Network. We will also be putting videos up on allintheindustry.com as well, so you can stay tuned for that. And thank you to Heritage Radio for your support. All of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks to my engineer today, Amanda. Again to Melissa and to her, her, her assistant, Megan, for helping set things up. I'm Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next week with an, a live show. I hope you will tune in then. And thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. I'm Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.